We know who he is. We know what he has come to do. We know how the story ends. book of the prophet Isaiah. The servant of the Lord said, The Lord God has given me the tongue of a teacher, that I may know how to sustain the weary with a word. Morning by morning he wakens, wakens my ear to listen as those who are taught. The Lord God has opened my ear and I was not rebellious. I did not turn backward. I gave my back to those who struck me, and my cheeks to those who pulled out the beard. I did not hide my face from insult and spitting. The Lord God helps me. Therefore, I have not been disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like flint, and I know that I shall not be put to shame. He who vindicates me is near. Who will contend with me? Let us stand up together. Who are my adversaries? Let them confront me. It is the Lord God who helps me. Who will declare me guilty? The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Lord, in your great love, answer me. Lord, in your great love, answer me. It is for your sake that I have borne reproach, that shame has covered my face. I have become a stranger to my kindred an alien to my mother's children. It is zeal for your house that has consumed me. The insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. Lord, in your great love, answer me. Insults have broken my heart so that I am in despair. I looked for pity, but there was none, and for comforters, but I found none. They gave me poison for food, and for my thirst, they gave me vinegar to drink. Lord, in your great love, answer to me. I will praise the name of God with a song. I will magnify him with thanksgiving. Let the oppressed see it and be glad. You who seek God, let your hearts revive. For the Lord hears the needy, and does not despise his own that are in bonds. Lord, in great love, answer me. Praise and glory to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Praise and glory to you, Lord Jesus Christ. 
Christ, hail to you our King, obedient unto the Father. You went to your crucifixion like a gentle lamb. Praise and glory to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord. One of the twelve, who was called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and said, What will you give me if I betray Jesus to you? They paid him 30 pieces of silver, and from that moment he began to look for an opportunity to betray him. On the first day of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus, saying, Where do you want us to make the preparations for you to eat the Passover? He said, Go into the city to a certain man and say to him, The teacher says, My time is near. I will keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them, and they prepared the Passover meal. When it was evening, Jesus took his place with the twelve. And while they were eating, he said, Truly I tell you, One of you will betray me. And they became greatly distressed and began to say to him one after another, Surely not I, Lord. He answered, The one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. The Son of Man goes as it is written of him. But woe to that one by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that one not to have been born. Judas, who betrayed him, said, Surely not I, Rabbi. Jesus replied, You have said so. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Well, dear friends, the climax of the entire Lenten season and of the entire church year is now upon us with the events of the Sacred Triduum and Easter Sunday about to begin, such as they will be in the absence of a congregation. But we know that we are united in prayer and that many of you are watching in order to participate as fully as you possibly can. Please check under one or more tabs on our parish website concerning the times at which various celebrations will be recorded, excuse me, will be broadcast uh, over the course of these next days. And in particular, we start with the Mass of the Lord's Supper, the Liturgy of the Word, and homily, just like we do on weekdays here. That will be taking place tomorrow, Holy Thursday, at 6 p.m. You know, there were two things that were really strongly occurring to me in reflecting upon what we hear today and what we've been hearing the last few days as the events get closer and closer to their completion. 
One of them is this remarkable thing, and we heard it on Sunday, on Palm Sunday, and hear it again today because the excerpt about Judas and his betrayal today is taken from Matthew's Gospel, the very same one which gave us the passion this year for Palm Sunday. It was occurring to me the number of times that Jesus said to different persons, you have said so. He says that to Judas when Judas says, oh, surely not I, Rabbi. You have said so. He said it to the Sanhedrin who arrested him and hauled him up before the high priest. He said it to Pontius Pilate. When people would make these various statements or queries, angry, confused, so you are the Messiah then, so you are the king of the Jews, Jesus would answer by saying, you have said so. And it was occurring to me that in its own bizarre way, those little episodes call to mind the very same things that the great prophets foretold, like Isaiah in the servant songs and so many other prophets whom we have been listening to over these weeks. What those people, Judas, the high priest, Pilate, what they were doing was prophesying. Now, they didn't quite prophesy from the very same spiritual location that the great prophets did, that's for sure, but prophesy they did nevertheless. What about Pilate's placing up on the cross above Jesus' head, this is the king of the Jews? That was a declaration of prophecy. Unintended, perhaps, but used by God. God can use anyone and anything, no matter how corrupt it has become, in order to proclaim who he is, what he's doing, and what he intends for his people. He can use anything. After all, he used the cross. If that isn't anything, I don't know what is. And therefore, it comforts me to think that God can also use my poor self, sinner as I am, in order to proclaim his good news. And I want, as I enter into the profound depths of the Easter Triduum, to allow God to speak through me, to allow him to prophesy to his greatness through the words and the actions which, hopefully, very sincerely, I strive to do in order to be his servant. The other word which is really kind of echoing for me, is a word we're hearing quite a bit in various passages and so on, in hymns and everything else. It's that curious word, shame. Fascinating word. Psychologists have written an immense amount about shame. And what we often tend to do is to take shame and guilt and repentance and, and sort of make it as though they were all the same word, really, when they're not. Shame is something very, very primal. A recognition of true guilt, 
for offenses committed and a true repentance of the heart, that's very mature. Shame is a great deal more primal. The very tiny child can learn early what it means to be ashamed. And we even talk in today's language about shaming, fat shaming and fashion shaming and all these things that you see on the internet. Very deliberate, wicked, evil attempts to probe down to that primal depth of someone else. And what lies at that primal depth where shame festers? The sense that when all is said and done, we aren't worth anything. That's what shame is all about. I'm telling myself I'm not worth anything. I'm internalizing the messages I get from all over the place that I'm not worth anything. Isn't it fascinating that Jesus took on himself our shame? He took on himself our sinfulness. He took on himself our shame. He has allowed himself to become the one at whom all the fingers point, the one of whom it is said, you are the supremely worthless one. He took it all on himself in order that it might be healed right at its roots. We should experience guilt, sorrow, and repentance for our sins, but we are not called to shame because we are not worthless. We are worth, by his own free design, a virtually infinite amount in his sight. After all, he died on the cross for us. There must have been an infinite love at work to pull us out of something so profoundly deep, miserable and dark that we can't even really imagine it, That must have been an infinite love at work to take our shame on himself and to overcome it and to replace it with a profound, deeply held and not able to be taken from us sense of our own worth as human beings saved, redeemed, set free. Bring that kind of thought, too, into these powerful days that lie ahead. The Lord has taken on all that you think that is the worst of you and much more besides and has made of it something grand. If only we will allow his grace, his risen life to pour forth within us. Dear friends, may God strengthen and bless you in these holiest of holy days to come. And again, a reminder that the Holy Thursday Liturgy of the Word, with an embellishment or two here or there, will be taking place tomorrow, Thursday, at 6 p.m., right here at this point. We hope that our podcasts have been inspiring. And now, our pastor, Father Martin, offers a few closing words. Lent is a time to deepen our faith through prayer, penitence, and charity. 
We pray that our readings and homilies help you to prepare to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, at Easter. Just as we display ashes as a mark of our faith on Ash Wednesday, please share the readings and homilies with others by inviting them to our website where they can find them all day by day. What a great gift to present at the altar on Good Friday that you helped spread the good news of our salvation. And thank you for your prayers and support.